but I'm just eating a nectarine. Okay, ready? Rock and roll, boys. Hello, welcome to Hat Trick. I am Jordan Dollar Coltman, joined by Elliot Tanti, Braden Dollar Coltman. And if it feels like we're off to a quick and fast start, that is because we have a lot to cover today. This is our big off-season extravaganza. The NHL off-season is about to find itself right in the middle of all kinds of what-ifs and all kinds of, well, here, here, here's what we get and we're going to see what happens. Seattle has now received all of the team's protected lists. They know what players or the pool of players from whom they get to build their first ever roster. The Seattle Kraken will have a team by this time on Wednesday night. It'll be so exciting to see what that happens. And of course then, just like when Vegas did this a couple years ago, the ripples will start to affect other teams. The teams that thought they had you know, nailed down who was gonna be taken, maybe they'll be surprised, maybe they'll have exactly predicted it correctly, and they'll be able to go along their merry way into the off season. But if they are surprised, or maybe there's some trades or things we don't expect, it's gonna be an exciting off season. I have to say, before we even get started, all three of us, spent the day going through the lists we're going to get to that i know some people are excited to hear what our mock draft is going to look like that will be topic three before that we wanted to go over some of the other things that are there just before i do that i've welcomed them here i should give them a moment to say hello elliot Braden. you both look fresh and ready to go how you feeling welcome to the show good uh, yeah you. yeah looking forward to drafting a 30 person team with you too <laughs> yeah it should, be, have you, it should go have easy. you ever been given 81 million dollars to spend before uh no but you know what doing this today was really felt like you know when you had like nhl 99 or whatever and you could yes. like fantasy draft your own team because uh, there's some cool names out there you're picking um, you're picking some like young young hot prospects just so that you know you can flip them yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's good term good contracts trying to really step on the toes of the other teams yeah, you don't want to do any favors for any other teams. Okay? Unless the first is coming your way. Unless the first is coming your way. All right, well, we, are all, we are all comfortably seated, plopped into our armchair general manager seats. We are ready to do this. We have a couple conversations first to help us tee up what is coming on Wednesday, which is the draft. We have to get there first. There's been a freeze on trades and movement that happened on Sunday. That's where we will start. Here it is, topic one. Okay, topic one, we are going to talk about what we already know as far as the offseason. So what's kind of cool this year is that we've had some movement already, some tr- big trades, some smaller trades, but just some movement all in general prior to what would usually be the NHL entry draft. There's always a little bit of movement, and then the draft obviously usually has some movement in it as well. But there's a little bit different calculation this year, obviously. We've got the expansion draft, and so that has changed the calculus. What is cool this year is that there's now a pause, which gives everyone a chance to take a deep breath and look at where we're at. And that's what we're going to do. So first, let's look at where, how we got to today and how we got to these lists. Um, And obviously the first thing we have to start with as Oilers fans is Duncan Keith. We'll go through a couple of the big trades, but let's just start there. Obviously very um, tumultuous response, uh, if that's the right turn of phrase at Edmonton. A lot of uh, hemming and hawing about whether or not it was the right choice, or more specifically, whether or not the price was right. So I'll go to Braden first. What is your analysis of this trade? Duncan Keith, Tim Soderlund, uh, in exchange for Caleb Jones, and a third pick. Um, well, I guess my initial reaction is 
like everybody, no retention of salary. That's something that the Oilers do have priority on uh, this offseason. We've got some unnecessary weight uh, that is uh, dead weight, if you will. That's not. That's uh, just. It's it's not helping uh, the cap situation and making it easy to be able to uh, uh, to play. I guess. Uh, but when you when you get a guy with the pedigree of Duncan Keith, three Stanley Cups, two Norris trophies, Con Smythe, and we want him on our second line, not even in the role that he was playing in in Chicago. What with the veteran leadership, I think this is a really, really great opportunity, um, you know, for this guy to prove himself, prove that he's still that that kind of uh, character player. I, I I like it. I like it for the Oilers. I think that it's uh, I'm 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 not with the rest of Oilers Nation and that this was a, a you know just a complete boneheaded mistake. You know, the only thing that's good about this deal is that it doesn't last as long as previous Edmonton Oilers mistakes. You know, Cassian 4x4, Lucic 6x6. At least we only have to eat this one for two years. You know, if 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 I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, I guess that's what I'm hanging my hat on. I think I like I like everyone would have liked to see some cap some some money retained. Look, what does success look like for you guys in two 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 years? I, I think that would be my question. I mean, if you staple this guy, uh, Duncan Keith, to Evan Bouchard, or um, and and just say like, kid, learn everything there is to learn, and man, teach this kid everything there is to to be taught, uh, and you know maybe there's some potential for that to be a really uh, this to be a really positive thing for a young decor moving forward. And even someone like Darnell Nurse, who's taking that step into that number one space, having someone to who's done that before, maybe there's some value in that too. But again, that comes down to intangibles. And I think we always overvalue intangibles. Uh, I think the hockey world does. And when you look at his statistics year over year over year, there's been a significant decrease in the last two or three years. Uh, Holland said it best. This is a massive, massive, massive gamble. Uh, and I really think it's only going to go one of two ways, right? I, I don't know that there's a, there's a soft middle here. That's sort of how I feel. Yeah, and I think that that's fair. I think everyone can agree that there's a bit of a, a risk-reward imbalance here. Uh, but if it goes one way, as, as I think Holland and everyone expects or hopes it goes, I mean, the upside could be huge. I think it just needs to be stated Yes, the, the contract is heavy considering when you look at the statistics and comparables to other defensemen currently in the, in the league, the, the contract is big. Here's the truth of it. We are talking about a guy who has a Memorial Cup, who has three Stanley Cups, who has a gold, pardon me, two gold medals in the Olympics, has a world championship, has two Norris trophies, has a Conn Smythe trophy, and is a first ballot, not even a conversation Hall of Famer. The amount of experience and quality of leadership that you are getting from that player is higher than I would argue any player the Edmonton Oilers has had since the dynasty. He is a better uh, leader and development style mentor than Chris Pronger ever would have been, than any other defenseman we've had in our system. This is the best defenseman of his generation, yes. It is the end of his generation, yes. He is an older player who is definitely on the home stretch. I agree with all of that, but I think that you have to weigh some of that and the premium that goes into his price, and that's just the reality of it. You want a player with that caliber on your team, you got to pay a little bit extra for him. Yes, it hurts in the short term. I think Elliot's right. It's two years. It's not five years. It's not some backloaded thing where you're going to get stuck with it. 
I also mentioned to Braden that we could be looking very very quickly here at a very similar situation to what Montreal and Nashville are dealing with with Shea Weber. Duncan Keith only plays one year of this contract. All of the onus and all of the money of him retiring early would go to Chicago. Edmonton gets out easy. So let's say Duncan Keith, it just doesn't work out well, or he gets a little bit dinged up and he calls it a career at the end of one year. It's a it's an easy out. Does it hurt the Oilers a little bit? Maybe cap wise if he but sticks think, around for two. But even yeah, still, think about the strategy. The have the caps. They have cap room to spare. That's right. They know Clefbaum's going to be out for another year. They've already. If he ever months. comes back. Sure. Well, ex- well, exactly. We know that he wants to be closer to his son, who lives in Penticton. He comes, plays one year, says, "You know what? I, you know, I've done what I need to here, and and retires." I think that that's a really, really great strategy. Obviously, they can't bank on that though. But you have to sometimes weigh the risk and reward and decide what you're willing to to risk. And I think Ken Holland decided here that the caliber of defenseman he was getting back, considering he's got some great young defensemen, but the key word there being young. What did we suffer with a little bit in in the postseason was experience on the defense and guys getting caught up in a moment like when Winnipeg turned it around in game three you know that's when you need a veteran on the defense who's just going to say guys on his end of the bench guys we've got this calm down and maybe a coach to call a timeout anyway let's go back to uh some of the other moves we'll leave the Oilers for just a brief moment there's lots of you know I don't want to call them little moves because they could be really big and important moves for each franchise but there are a couple big names and let's start with that so Ryan Ellis moving out of Nashville drafted there the big beard very iconic Nashville predator um he moves to the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for Nolan Patrick and Philip Myers of course immediately Nashville then moves Nolan Patrick to the Golden Knights in exchange for Cody Glass um, so in some ways, Nashville, I guess, looks at this deal as it's technically Philip Myers and Cody Glass for Ryan Ellis, and uh, and that's kind of how they, they they would flip it around. But from the Philadelphia Flyers' perspective, a team that has you know struggled to find consistency, especially with some high end talent like Claude Giroux in the last couple of years, uh, does Ryan Ellis make the Flyers a better team next year, Braden? Yeah, absolutely. Ryan Ellis makes any team that he's on better. Um, He's a guy that I know a lot of teams have been uh, eager to have, especially on a power play. He's got a killer of a shot. He has since junior. And if you remember back in junior, he was one of the only guys that was on that team at underage, like 16, 17 years old. Like this guy has played a lot of hockey. He's a great veteran there. Um, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll probably kind of remind a lot of predator fans of Shea Weber uh, at, at this age. And, Philly and Nashville have a kind of an odd history there where uh, Philly went after Shea Weber and uh, I think it was an RFA contract and, That's and right. uh, uh, was unsuccessful. But um, Nashville's, you know, I think Dave Poyle, it was Poyle, right? Uh, the GM Poulin. there, David Poulin, my apologies. Uh, he's been very, very good for Nashville in, in, on the trade front. And so uh, I, think they, I think they were the winners for sure in, in this trade. Any other ones here, Elliot, that jump out at you, the deals that have been made so far? Anything else you want to touch on? No, that's that's sort of the main one for me. This kind of weird thing with, I forget the name of the gentleman that uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs picked up that they've now exposed and are very likely to lose. Jared McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, these are the sorts of things that, you know, I don't have much to say about McCann, but what I do have to say is that this is sort of the weirdness that emerges when in, in an expansion year, right? Teams are having to do sort of different things to um, you know, make their team less exposed or, or, or figure things out. I, 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 so I think that that's interesting. And, and, and it made a lot more sense to me, 
you know, going through and drafting my team today, looking through and saying, oh, how many, it's amazing how many contracts expire at the end of 2021 or 2021 was the last year of contracts, right? And clearly teams have sort of tried to negotiate these things in a bunch of different ways. Um, and so, you know, this was the last opportunity to do that before the roster freeze and before Seattle got to make their moves. And I think that was a good example of that type of thing. I, I I just want to circle back to Nashville as well, too. Really exciting and interesting to see what's going on in Nashville. I think Nashville is an outstanding premier organization. They do lots of good in their community. They've managed to turn uh, their city into like a successful hockey city. Uh, they've obviously go through a bit of a retool, but uh, I'm excited for the future of that team. I think it's really well run and, and you know, the moves this week are just another example of that. Uh, yeah, so I think we'll leave it there for the move so far, if everyone's okay with that, because we're going to get to the what-if moves here in a minute. I just wanted to touch on one. I mentioned this to Braden, and it's still perplexing to me. Andrew Ladd, a second-round pick, a conditional second-round pick, and a conditional third-round pick, all from the New York Islanders, being traded to the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for no return. What the hell? Yeah, they don't need mean? anything. They don't need yeah, anything. But it's not even it's like cap relief. What, is that? what does no return mean? It's not even future considerations. Somebody's going to have that, to explain this to me. No, Hit us that up on Twitter or Instagram and explain to me how on earth the Islanders just gave maybe all they'll, the Maybe they'll do a, a future considerations. I know, like but why is it listed on the NHL website as a no Well, because they haven't figured it out, maybe. You know, they just don't know who they want yet. All right. But they've all right, been like, here, right. no, take them now. You can expose right, I'm sure the there's draft. some. I'm sure there's some, uh, you know, cap expert or some uh, fantasy guy out there who who's dialed into all of these sort of transactional stuff. If you know what this is and you and you understand it, please uh, hit me up on Instagram and let me know because I'm very confused. All right, that's topic one. Topic two this week is brought to us by Busy Bee Vegan. Are you feeling hungry? Busy Bee Vegan is a plant-based meal prep service offering pre-made, delicious, and healthy plant-based meals to the greater Toronto area. Whether you're curious about plant-based vegan eating, looking to improve your overall health and wellness, or simply too busy to cook, Busy Bee is for you. Their plans are focused on eating clean without sacrificing taste and contributing to a healthy planet. They have made it super simple. Choose and order your meals from the multiple plans they offer, and they will deliver your meals in environmentally friendly compostable containers right to your door. You can find them on Instagram at Busy Bee Vegan Meals or on Facebook at Busy Bee Vegan. Go check out a small local business in Toronto and save the hassle of COVID grocery shopping and cooking. Let the Busy Bees feed you buzz-worthy meals. Okay, topic two. Now we get to play crystal ball. We get to go a little bit into the uh, like what if category here. We're going to do a little segment here, a little topic here on what do we want to see happen or what do we think might happen. So obviously there was a lot of speculation before the Duncan Keith trade happened. A lot of the rumors were true on that. It just came down to what the exact deals were. So obviously there's lots of rumors flying, especially for the Oilers, especially for some of the Canadian teams about what might happen. Obviously... Nobody really knows exactly where they're going to sit after Wednesday. I think most teams have a pretty good sense of what Seattle's plan is going to be. I'm sure lots of the GMs have had conversations with Ron Francis. But let's pretend you're the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers for just a second, Brayden. You're you're sitting there. Ken Holland and you are sort of teaming up to make this next couple weeks happen. Prior to the draft, or maybe including the draft, what are the priorities for the Oilers and what could you see them doing? Well, first I would tell Ken Holland, be strong, be, be strong, Kenny. We need something to happen now because the window of opportunity is 
quickly um, quickly closing on this Oilers uh, team. It never was open, but right now we have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. We need to get better, and I think the first thing that they need is a bona fide left winger that can play on the first line. Um, you know, if they can, if they can, if they can push them um, and compete for the first or second line on the left side, it would be remarkable. A lot of names have been flying around. Zach Hyman being uh, uh, one who has had lots of experience with Austin Matthews, another being uh, Landis Gog. I personally would not like to see that kind of money thrown um, at a guy like that, um, but free agency uh, demands some pretty high expectations when it comes to contracts, so you're probably going to have to throw out a significant number. Um, Brandon Saw would be another guy, and then uh, the 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 next thing for me would be a goaltender. You need a you need a number one guy that that Mike Smith can tandem with, um, and prove that he's not just a 41 year old. Uh, Peter Mrazek comes to mind. Um, I would love to see a trade for Darcy Kemper. You'd have to move some salary around to make that work. Um, you know, if Koskinen's going back the other way with a little bit more uh, retention, that would be great. I am all for moving whatever they need to when it comes to uh, the slim picks they have this year or even next year uh, to make it to make something happen to improve this team. Elliot, thoughts on the Oilers? What needs to happen here, and who should they be targeting? Well, I think I, I'm sort of going the other way. I, I really think the Oilers really have to be careful on this in this offseason. I think that there's some really obvious and significant overpays that are available. Landis Gog, as Braden mentioned, Hyman, another one mentioned as well. Um, you know, I think those are those are killer contracts that will really have the potential to really damage the team long term. I'm more interested in sort of seeing where the buyout situation lands for the team uh, there's Koskinen and there's Neil it seems as though uh the going sort of thing right now is that Neil is going to be bought out and Koskinen buried um in the minors that seems to be sort of the overwhelming consensus as to what's going to happen you know I'm sort of interested in thinking well what if we do both or maybe Koskinen is the right one I, I'm sort of interested to see where the team finishes in that space and and what that looks like I think that that's a really interesting conversation um, and then ultimately what that means for the goaltending. Uh, I think Mike Smith surprised us all this year um, and uh, some more than others. Um, and so, but we, the Oilers do need a long-term solution in goal uh, and to be a successful team and, and to go where this team needs to go, which is I think win Stanley Cups. That's, that's the, that's the get for me right now, who that is and what that looks like is, is really challenging until after the expansion draft, but that would be my main focus. Um, and, and like I said, I mean, I, I, I understand people's draw to, to Hyman and Saad and, you know, the opportunity to sort of play with McDavid and improve McDavid's winger wing, and, and we may need that. Um, but I think we need something in the short term, not necessarily in the long term, and free agency demands term. And that's that I find really concerning for the Oilers. So those, those are sort of the things that I'm thinking about. And what I'd like to see is just the Oilers not overpay one free agent's season when they have money to spend you know yep yeah the, ch the challenge i think with it is it's about priority right so you have every team has to now decide what their priorities are and if in elliot's scenario 
you know, the priority is get a couple guys to fill a couple holes at bargain price. And then in Braden's scenario, it's sort of a combination of both. I'm going to go the other way. I think that you have $11 million and the two best players, two of the best players, if not the two best players in the league, right? You have to now spend absolutely to the, to the maximum on that cap. And I want them to do that by maximizing the talent return the other way. So if that means that's one elite level guy who stands next to Connor McDavid out there and puts up 70 points, and now you've got three of the top scorers in the league in your top six, and then you fill the bottom half of your roster with a couple more role players at, you know, Devon Shore type numbers, uh, price-wise. I'm okay with that. Yes, they they need maybe one more piece on defense. That's probably going to be Adam Larson. He'll probably come in around let's say four or five. Four. If if that deal's where we want it to be, it's probably four. So if that's the case, then you're left with what eight million, nine million dollars to play with, right? You spend at barring least, a, a bio. Barring a buyout, that's true, and I think that we'll definitely see one of those, if not two of those, new others. If they can't get, they're going to have to move two contracts. They're going to have, have to move a two small, contracts. I have a feeling Koskinen will get traded at something. That's if, what I'm if, saying. I don't if think if he's New a York can I move Andrew will take him. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. The Oilers can get hey, somebody. You can trade him for say, nothing. No return. Have him sit on your bench. Yeah. Well, but look at what they gave up in terms of of picks to 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 move that lad contract. I mean, you say eleven, but you don't really have eleven because you got four million in Larson. By the way, the deal is basically done. Currently, it's three point nine over four years. That's what's Perfect. been reported. He's just deal. signing it after. It's a great deal. So that you know that takes you to eight. You still have Yamamoto that needs to get signed. You know that's what a two million dollar deal. Two yeah, five, yeah. yeah. Two yeah. five. So that takes you down to six or five and a half million. There's not a lot left there. And you have to think you've got not next year, but the year after nurse is up. He's going to need a significant pay increase. Ethan Bears RFA is an RFA. Um, you know, those are two people that you have to think about. Yes, he pulled the RV. will need a new contract, not next year, but the year after as well, too. I mean, I get what you're saying, Jordan, and, and I appreciate that we do want to be spending to the cap, but I also think we have to be thinking about next year because there's some big contracts due, and that's what makes this more challenging. And I don't think well, it's as much money as we have. And, if, you- and if that's the case, I, I do see I do see Bear being expendable. I think he's one of our better assets when it comes to the back end. He's definitely a value. And if they're trying to get something that they don't think that they'll be able to get in another way, I think that he's I think that he's one of those pieces that could be moved. I have a hard time thinking that you're, any of our young defensemen are expendable when you've just spent $5 million and, an, and a young defenseman to bring in someone to mentor them. I don't know. Like, I, I disagree. I think that's the whole point of this whole Keith deal to begin with anyway. The question is, are you in win now mode or are you in, are you in win next year or the year after mode? And I think as far as the Oilers are concerned, it has to be win now mode. And so you have to think the same way those teams that are winning now are, right? So when you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, let's disregard the LTR shenanigans let's disregard that for a second that's a team that has spent literally over the cap to the cap knowing that they are going to lose quality players the following year knowing that they have done that because it puts them in a position to be competitive and guess what they just won back-to-back stanley cups so yes you have to sometimes anticipate there are going to be hard decisions coming down the road but guess what those are down the road and right now if all we're doing is looking down the road we're missing the opportunities for the turnoffs towards being a championship contending team that are right in front of us and if you keep missing those turnoffs eventually as Braden said that window closes and you're so far down the highway into the future that you've missed your opportunity to win with these guys and that's all I think I would be cautious of let's just really quickly pivot because I know we're all big Oiler fans here 
we we're, we're we're tight a little bit on time. Let me throw a couple names at you here, and and I want you to tell me whether or not um, you think that they're going to move or stay where they are. Okay. Um, does Zach Hyman? I think it's pretty obvious he's moving, but uh, Zach Hyman's not a Leaf next year, right? No, he's with the Oilers or the Red Wings. Okay, I'm, I'm more going... interested in what's Zach Hyman's salary. That's a better question next year. That's and I think it's That's six five, six. I think he is yeah, definitely think... he is definitely an overpay. I think someone's going to overpay for him. I do agree with yeah. that, Elliot. Yeah. Um, let's go to uh, Dougie Hamilton. Where does Dougie Hamilton end up, Braden? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, the the I thought it was going to be Philly, but uh, but but Philly went after Ellis. I mean, they could couple it. I think if Chicago misses out on Seth Jones, uh, then he ends up there. Elliot, any thoughts on uh, where Dougie Hamilton goes? Let's say Calgary just for fun. Yeah, he goes back. <laughs> where does Gabriel Landeskog end up if it's not if it's not with the Oilers? Who else has that money to spend on him? Who wants to spend that money on him? Boston. So then, if he's in Boston, where's, New York. Where's Taylor Hall? Because Taylor oh. Hall's not also signing there. No, I can see Taylor Hall ending up in Calgary. That's interesting. Um, Brain or um, apparently Philip Deneau is selling his house in Montreal. He's expecting to no longer be a Montreal Canadian next year. Late, where do you think Philip Deneau goes? Oh, I don't know. I think he probably gets flipped. I, you know, I could see him ending up in Vegas. I think that would be an interesting place. I think Vegas still sees themselves as a contender, and that's maybe a place he could go. Um, New York is always in the market for those types of things. I'm interested in the Islanders, you know, the Islanders dumping salary. Maybe that they're that one of these aforementioned names. They're sort of in for, they feel like they need just that one more piece to take the next step. Um, yeah, th- th- those are sort of the places that come to mind for me. Um, and Washington, right? There's always Washington. All right, here's three, three we got three more here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up. Three more what ifs, or who, who, where they're going. Jaden Schwartz, is he on the Oilers radar, or is he going somewhere else? I would hope he's on the Oilers radar. I think he's a quality player. Um, I do worry about his consistency uh but we also just signed a guy uh, like ryan nugent hopkins to that kind of money so who also lacks uh that kind of consistency that we need uh but i see him being on the least radar okay uh elliot thoughts on Jaden schwartz or do you want to move to the next one yeah no i i'm sort of with brain in this space toronto makes a lot of sense i mean another candidate for overpay Okay, here's here's a big one for overpay, and this was a bit of a surprise one. The buyout in Minnesota left Ryan Suter as a free agent, uh, dumping the seven point five million dollar contract that he had signed. He's obviously not going to get that kind of money again at thirty six years old. Where does Ryan Suter find a home, Elliot? Well, it sort of depends. I, I, if he wants to win. Um, uh, or he just wants to make as much money as he can before he heads out. One of the, there was a really interesting point made by a local radio guy here in Edmonton that said, um, you know, don't even think of Suter in Canada. The American players don't <laughs> sign in Canada. They stay in the States. So I would, I, that, you know, that's seven teams that I think he wouldn't be in. Uh, you know, again, I, I pointed to that, that Andrew Ladd move and just thinking a little bit about the Islanders, how close they were. Let's think, let's think they took the Stanley Cup champions to seven games. They might think they're one piece away, and maybe that one piece is Suter. I don't know. All right, here's uh, uh, here's one for you, Braden. Tyson Berry. Oh, oh, that's a that's a uh, 
I don't know how to feel about that because I would love to have Tyson Berry back on my hockey team, but like we were just arguing uh, there, uh, Elliot, like the, there, if a guy like that comes in and takes a spot of those younger guys, then how do they develop and how do they get better for winning now? So if it's, ah, it's so hard, Tyson Berry was a great upgrade for the, uh, for the power play for the back end. I personally would love to see Tyson Berry back on the team. Um, but if he doesn't end up with the Oilers, I could see him making an impact uh, with the Dallas Stars. I don't know if this is my heart or my head, um, but wouldn't it just be so nice if he signed with the Kraken a really long deal yeah. and then the, Oilers, then the Oilers didn't have to give anything up? That's sort of, that, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know how likely that is. Um, you know, he's sort of a weird piece, and, and at what price is the other question, too? I mean, I think the Oilers' defense, they're kind of done with their defense now, so I just don't, especially with the Larson deal done, so I don't see it's Edmonton. Yeah. But I think he's looking for, like, a three-, four-, five-year deal. Uh, who can do that in that type of player? Not many. No. no. Okay, this is the last one. Is Tuka Rask with the Boston Bruins next year? <sighs> well... It'll be. It'll. I think we're going to see quite a carousel of goaltenders moving this year. I think we saw quite a bit last year, but it's going to be just as fun this this uh, off season. Um, I don't think so. I think they've got uh, their guys in Jeremy Swayman and uh, Dan Vladar. I think, and they're going to run with that. Elliot, Tukarask days in Boston finished. Yeah, I think so. I think there's probably a team that's going to pay him that kind of wants that sort of support, maybe one or two years uh, stopgap while they've got a young goalie coming in. Um, heck, he could end up in Edmonton. <laughs> All right, well, let's leave it there. That's a, that's a great place to leave it. Uh, that's the what-if category. We're going to get to our mock draft after this. That's topic two. Do you or someone you know own a small business? Are you looking to grow or to reach new customers? Hey, why not let us help? Hattrick is looking for unique brands, businesses, and products to advertise on our show. You can find out how we can help spread the word about your business by contacting us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Okay, this is topic three. This is the big one. So Seattle, Kraken, final mock draft. For the expansion team. Wednesday is going to be their choice. Ron Francis and his his scouting staff, his his management team, his new coach. They will all get together over the next couple of days, have some calls, have some meetings. They will do this. We spent only a few hours today doing this ourselves, and I think we did a pretty good job. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go team by team. You're going to tell me who you picked, Braden and Elliot. I'm going to tell you who I picked, and then between the three of us, we're going to vote on which of the three of us picked the correct person, and we're going to see if we can make this work. And we may have to do some fandangling to make sure that the numbers work because there's a couple you know, key pieces here that... I, I'm, my hope is that some of us, some of our picks are the same, and I'm sure we'll find a few teams where it was a little bit easier, but we'll see how, how creative it gets. We'll see how close we can get. Otherwise, we're going to have to make some compromise. Uh, I have the veto, and I will make the final decision just because... Can I, can I, I ask assigned, one... I, 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 I assigned the project. Yes, go ahead, Elliot. Can I ask one question of both of you? Yeah. Can I ask who your most expensive player was that you selected? No, you can't ask. I know now. We're gonna find out. No, we're gonna find yeah. out when we get there. Let's find out when we get there. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the parade. We're all right, let's go. Get there, okay. All right, all right. Let's get to it because this is gonna take a little while, but we'll 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 try to move quickly. Let's start with the Arizona Coyotes. Braden, who did you pick from the Arizona Coyotes? Oh, we're skipping the Ducks. 
Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, That's you're right. okay. I we usually the Anaheim do. Ducks. No, no, it doesn't ducks. matter. Let's we start with the Anaheim on Ducks. Anaheim Ducks. Uh, I'm a. Uh... I'm uh, well. It was very enticing to see a name like Adam Henrique on there, but I chose Hayden Flurry at one point three for two more years, or for right. yeah, for two more years. Elliot, who did you have? Yeah, I was close for. I was actually really close on Hayden. I ended up going with uh, Derek Grant, just fourth line center, and uh, you know you had him for two more years. I always use centers. One point five mil. Oh, okay, none of us picked the same player. This is already getting off to a great start. I have Sonny Milano. Yes. 25, yeah. 25 years old. Yes, his contract's a little bit heavier at 1.7, but Sonny Milano is a very, very talented player, and he's an RFA in 2020. And an IR. He's still entered. That's true, too. Yeah. So I just think they get a little bit of cap um, relief by the fact that he's also an RFA. So they're kind I'm of good with I'm good with Sonny. I'm good with Sonny on that. I, that yeah. that's, not, that's not that far off from what I picked. Yeah, think, it just Brady? means... Well, just, you know, defense were hard to find for me. Uh, there were a lot of uh, options there and a lot of very expensive opportunities. So no, don't worry. I spent a lot of money on defense <laughs> on my team. So we'll, we'll figure it out. All right. We're uh, going to take, we're going to take Sonny, Sonny Milano. Milano. Yeah. And then we'll keep Hayden Fleury as a, maybe if we have to get out of jail card here, because oh, that's a good contract. He, he saved, he shaves a, a couple hundred thousand. Let's get right to it. Arizona. Who did you have for Arizona? Elliot. Christian Fisher, 1 million RFA in 2022, right winger, young, just exciting player. Not a lot to take off Arizona, I feel like, so that was the one I picked. Uh, Braden, who did you pick? Uh, that was a very good pick. I uh, This was a team that I went, uh, I'm not helping this team out by taking some of their stupid contracts, and I went with Frederick Gauthier. Uh, he came over in a deal, I think, with Toronto. Uh, he's an RFA this season, but they would retain his rights. Uh Nice, solid center center prospect. So the problem with that pick I don't like is that we have to save some salary at the end to pay him if we take him. That's the only thing. I would really try to stay away from the RFAs that are up in 2021, but I, I don't really have a strong horse in this one either way. That's a good point. I, I, don't, think it would, I don't think it would go higher than Christian Fisher's one mil. Uh, but uh, it's a really good point. All right. Well, it was a good point, but I'm sorry, Braden. I also picked Christian Fisher. Right on. So Let's go, go with, with Christian Fisher. Christian Fisher out of Arizona, $1 million RFA 2022, 24-year-old. So there's also some youth there. I think that's going to be definitely something that uh, that Seattle is looking for, is guys who have potential. Uh, let's move to Boston. The Bruins, lots of big names here, but a lot of UFAs and RFAs this season as well. So who do you have? Braden. Well, <laughs> I went with uh, I went with Nick Ritchie, uh, but as as uh, Elliot mentions there with the RFA this season, there would be an extra added cost to him. My second pick there would be Jacobs Borrell, who was a top uh, twelve pick in McDavid's year, um, and hasn't quite cracked the roster in Boston. Uh, Elliot, who did you pick? Curtis Lazar at 800,000 through 2022. You get an opportunity to see what you've got in that player and make a decision after that. Ugh, I can't do Curtis Lazar. I also picked Nick Ritchie, Braden. I think that that's an RFA that they're willing to take a gamble on. He's only 25 years old, and there's uh, some upside there if they don't re-sign him that he could also be swapped for something. So I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to go with Nick Ritchie for now. Okay, but I'm going to hold you to keeping at least additional $2 million in the in the cap zone because you got to pay I, the guy. 
if if this team lands the way mine did in my simulation, you will have more than enough money to sign them. All right. My simulation landed right at eighty one point five. I know, and that is why we're here. Braden, that's why we Elliot and I are here to help you get out of trouble. Okay. And you have already and you have two restricted free agents in there that you can't pay. So. Well, the, the the other tangibles here that we're not taking into consideration is that there are bound to be trades. There are bound to be sign, other signings. There are going to, there's going to be much movement beyond just this uh just this draft. Well, I will point out, uh, you say that now, Braden, but when Vegas did this a few years ago, I was looking back at it, there were actually only four trades prior to the draft that they had made. And almost, I think only one of them involved a player. The other ones were all picks. So there wasn't too much actual player transaction movement with Vegas. They did most of their work after the draft. So it'll be interesting. And not, not the expansion draft, I should say, the entry draft. Okay, let's get back to it. We are moving on because we are always under the gun here time-wise. Buffalo, uh, again, some real big, juicy, exciting names here. But uh, let's see how, how eager we got. Uh, Elliot, who did you pick from the Buffalo Sabres? Cody Eakin at 2.25 on uh, signed through 2022. Uh, you see, guys, I love my centerman, and that's another one. Braden, who did you pick? I went with uh, the same Cody Eakin. I liked the fact that he's he can play uh, that wing as well. He's experienced. He does not cost all that much, and um, there's not a lot of other options. I do not think Jeff Skinner is a viable option for the Seattle Kraken. I think his contract is way overvalued to what he's been yeah. producing in the last few years. I think that that's absolutely correct. I don't think there's a chance in hell that they touch that contract, even though Ron Francis obviously has a relationship with Jeff Skinner having drafted, being a part of the organization that drafted him in Carolina, but I just don't think that that contract is a good contract. Um, I... I personally, I picked Colin Miller. Um, I, I paid, maybe he's a little bit overpaid too, but I needed some defensemen when I was doing mine. So I'm okay letting that go. I, I will go with Cody Eakin and we'll we'll, uh, we'll have to see where that goes. So let's take Cody Eakin from the Buffalo Sabres. We're good with that? Yep. Okay, let's move to the Calgary Flames. I will personally tell you that I struggled with this one because <laughs> I didn't want Seattle to do what I expect them to do here. Um, yeah, yeah. But but let's see if they do. Uh, Elliot is Mark Giordano the next captain of the Seattle Kraken? Yeah, no, that's that was yeah, no, that's that's exactly right, Jordan. That's what I have right here. Mark Giordano, six point seven five mil, uh, signed through twenty twenty two. Worst case scenario, you take them and then flip them to Edmonton or something crazy like that. Oh, God, so anyway, <laughs> I'm taking Mark. G- all right, Braden, who do you have? All right, well I, well, I went with a much cheaper option, a younger option, an option that you will have to pay in the offseason due to its RFA, but it will not be nearly as significant uh, to that of Giordano, and that's Oliver Chillington, uh, the Swedish defenseman in Calgary. I don't think it happens. I'm sorry, Braden. I think it's Mark Giordano. Uh, Just... I think he's. I think they need. They. They. I think they're going to look at him to be their leader, their veteran. Um, and I think even though he's 30, 37 years old on two more years, which I think is pretty much the same as the Duncan Keith deal, uh, and he's paid it'd be, more. It'd be one more year after this, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Instead of two years. So it's it's a you know it's a flyer. It's it's they got to make right. they got to make something happen. All right, let's take Mark Giordano from the Calgary Flames. Put a C on his chest. That's probably what's going to happen. All right, Carolina Hurricanes. This is a fun one because Ron Francis obviously deep deep roots. In the hills of Carolina, Raleigh is losing whom, Braden? Who are the Hurricanes giving up 
the Seattle Kraken. Ooh, this was tricky. I I actually had to. <laughs> I had Nino Niederreiter. I think he's a hell of a player. He's just a little bit too expensive for the purposes of what I was drafting. I went with Jake Bean, the left defense, uh, uh, left defenseman. But all things are up in the air now with with uh, the way that <laughs> the way that our collective draft is going. Brayden, did you did you pick anyone that was under contract beyond this year? Uh, I picked a lot of <laughs> opportunity players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took Morgan Geeky. Uh, I know nothing about this player. I needed someone someone that was less than $800,000 and coming in at a cool 763. I got it done. That is and nice. he's 22 years old is a good is a good point here. But you know who else is only 23? Jake Bean. And I also took Jake Bean, Braden. Yeah, uh, and we're going to pick Jake Bean because he. although you're right, Elliot, I agree with you. He's an RFA. Some of these younger guys at this contract, even just the qualifying offer to make it work for them is value yeah. to Seattle. That's the well, thing you got to remember with the Carlson. RFAs. Right, is that if they if they qualify one of these guys and they expose them going into yeah. free agency, if someone else tries to put that – put that you know offer sheet in there they're going to get compensation and we just know offer, offer sheets don't happen so these guys are going to sign with seattle unless there's a a real like d- contract dispute and i just don't see that with a lot of these young guys because they're just going to be eager for an opportunity so i'm no, going to go I with jake that. bean here too i think that's good I, I i lean towards having more defensemen that's how vegas had success they had defensive assets to trade which made them good so i'm fine with taking more defense all right we are we are barely a quarter of the way into the league and we've only I'm spent 14, $14 million. We have yet to find a goaltender. We have four forwards, two defensemen. Uh, let's go to Chicago. I feel like I cut someone off there. I'm sorry, but let's go to Chicago. We got to Yeah. Move. So speaking of goalies, I took Malcolm Subban here, which is a sign of things to come boys. Oh boy. You of took things Malcolm to come. I'm uh, <laughs> Brit- Elliot. You are aware we're drafting for Seattle, not for Vegas, right? I am aware. I'm aware. Which is, aware. <laughs> he's like, right. yeah, and another, another high goal he's going. I picked um here. I picked uh also another RFA <laughs> for this year. A nice centerman, young, 24, Adam Gaudet, who was recently traded from the Vancouver Canucks um, for giving their team COVID. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to go back to Seattle, which is going to be the new, uh, rivalry team to this Vancouver Canucks and Adam Gaudet will, um, uh, he'll be, he'll be one of their mainstays. Can I just this say, is the- I, I, that is the most forced storyline I have heard in the, city <laughs> in the longest I'm time. I'm sure. It's so beautiful little though. Seattle is going to give a shit about the Canucks? I guarantee you they're going to care more about playing the San Jose Sharks or the Vegas Golden Knights or some yeah. American team. They are just not going to care. Now, you're not predicting. Annoy them. You're not predicting. Well, they're good. it's going to annoy them because Canucks fans are going to show up on mass. But so are Oilers fans, so are Flames fans, so are yeah. Maple Leaf fans, so are Montreal Canadian fans. That will annoy them a hundred percent, and they will definitely, I think, be riled up by that. But it is so. It's like it's like for years they tried to make Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby hate each other, and they just could not be bothered. And I feel like this has the potential for the same kind of letdown. Seattle and Vancouver as rivals. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And Adam Gaudet's going to be their guy. Uh, Elliot, who did you pick from Chicago again? I told you, Malcolm Subban is the way to go. This is the yeah. time to take a go backup goalie. 
Yeah. Mm, no, I also I picked know. Adam Gaudet. Senators got a lot of backup goalies. <laughs> Adam Gaudet uh, is who we're going to go with because I also you picked guys, him. Braden and I are starting to get twenty insane. contracts. We need twenty. We will contracts. have. Them. We're going to get there. You see, we're going to we get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Cheap. But you got to. And put you guys some... have no money to spend on this. I can't believe. Just with you. Wait. Just wait till we get the Montreal Canadiens. And here's the best part, Elliot. If we if if this ends up if this little exercise here ends up you know belly up and we're not right you're going to be the guy who bails us out here by solving some of these mathematical problems we just know it's going to happen let's go to a team that has a few mathematical problems of their own the colorado avalanche again some very juicy and enticing opportunities here but some hefty paychecks elliot please tell me you didn't pick a goalie from this team no, I just took <laughs> – that would have been funny, though. I took Kiefer Sherwood, another player I knew nothing about, but I needed something that was 750000 because I'm thinking about the future. Oh, my God. Wow, okay. wow, wow, wow. All right, cool. Braden? Um, I uh, I did not go with a guy I did not know. I went with a guy that everyone in Colorado knows this year, and that's Giannis Donskoy. He was – um, an incredible um, asset to the Colorado Avalanche. And he's going to be, I think he's going to be um, uh, a sacrifice here for the Colorado Avalanche. And Seattle's not going to, uh, not going to do this team any favors here. I'm going to go with Braden on this because I also picked Don Square because I remember how great he was in, as a fantasy player. And for teams that I didn't get to watch a lot of last year, that's really my only sort of metric on how their year was. But Don Square had these like week-long bursts where he was putting insane numbers up and then he'd go cold yeah. and then he'd get hot again. And it's just one of those players where I think there's a lot of potential. He's only 29. It's a good deal. It's a little bit heavier than maybe you'd like in a 3.9 million. But again, he signed till 2023. And I think eventually, I mean... Seattle's going to have to pay a few guys if they want to be competitive this year. That's certainly what happened in Vegas and it worked really well for them. So I think this is like a, a, a like a, a, a salary that they're going to be willing to accept considering the upside. I think that Don Skoy offers them as a right winger yeah. who can also. I'm play. fine with it. It's a, it's, it's a value deal. It's a value deal. I just want to put one more thought out there. I just want to put one more thing out there. Is it beyond reason because there is a window now between today Sunday, which will this will be out Monday to Wednesday. There, the Ron Francis and Seattle is now allowed to have conversations with agents of free, uh, free agents agencies. So they're allowed to have conversations the same window way we would see before free agency opens. Is yeah. there a world in which that seven point five, let's say, million dollar contract Gabriel Landis Cog wants? can be agreed to with Seattle and we we see Landis Cog picked from Colorado or let me flip this around do they take a different player and then sign him anyway as a free so agent? I just I guess if you're doing that type of thing um is, is Gabriel Gabriel Landis Cog like your cornerstone piece for the next seven years if you're the Seattle Kraken I think there's other options for that I do too um and so, you know, he's already, he's already been, the you know, ideally you're doing that with someone else. I, I can't think of a name right now that maybe works under, learns under Giordano and takes over in two years or something like that. I just don't see Landeskog as like that, that, that benchmark piece that you want, if you're going to do make that type of investment in a player, but I think there's others that could be. All right. So can we agree that we're going with Giannis Donskoy? Yeah. Yes. You guys are just blowing money left, right and center. I'm pissed about it, but we'll see. Elliot is the very frugal member of the team. Okay, here we go. 
Uh, we already know that. Remember earlier in the podcast where he told us the Oilers shouldn't uh, shouldn't spend any money on anybody? Yeah, right. Okay. Columbus Blue Jackets. Elliot, you ready to spend some money? Max Domi, baby. I got him. Oh, boy. Is he your cornerstone? <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. I, I do not three. think – I don't think he's far removed from what he was in Montreal. And I don't think – yeah, I think. Okay, but I think Braden, was he the cornerstone in Montreal? Uh, no, but he definitely was he the cornerstone in Columbus. But I'm not picking him no, to be a no. cornerstone. I'm no, not no, talking about Gabriel Longestog signing a guy for seven years. This is a good, solid one-two centerman that's a two reasonable years. cap. A one year for left. Two years. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's like one five point three. It's nothing. Yeah, okay. and I do think he could be a cornerstone for this team. All right. I don't think that this one's really yeah, up for debate. I have a pretty good feeling that this 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 is probably the first one or one of the first ones that Ron Francis penciled in. I feel like they know this is the guy, one of the guys they want. He's only 26 years old. The upside is huge. So yeah, I think Max Domi's a lock. We'll put him in there. Let's go to the Dallas Stars. Braden, Dallas. Uh, this, they, they, yeah. they are one of the teams that offered up a lot of defensive choices. Yep, they did. They've got some good ones. Joel Hanley is a nice name. Julius Honka is a nice name. Uh, I'm going to go with an old man in Andre Sekera or Sekera or uh, however he, uh, Sekera, Sekera, I think. 1.5, one more year. He can play left or right side. He's, he is 35, but they're going to need, uh, they're going to need a guy like that. I don't hate that pick. I had Andre Sekra for a long time. And then in my team, he ended up in like a seventh defenseman role. And I felt like yeah. 1.5 million was a lot to pay for him in a seventh, seventh D. So I ended up going with the Joel Hanley, but that was more cap considerations. And after I went back and looked at my outstanding defensive uh, group, uh, <laughs> I decided that Andre Sekra paying him 1.5 million to sit on the bench. Most games probably are sitting in the press box was worth it. So I ended up with Joel Hanley in the space. Yeah, I, I went I went kind of well, I definitely didn't go with Andre Sekera. I went kind of a different way than Elliot, but it for the same value. Like I, I looked at this team and I went, you know, there's really nothing here that enticed me overtly talent wise for the immediate. So I thought I started looking future wise and I was like, who are the guys here that can fill out a 30 man roster when you're only going to dress 20 guys and you're going to need some guys in the pipeline that have opportunities and they ought to be a good deal. Um, Elliot's not going to like my pick because it was an RFA. But again, when you have a 23-year-old RFA, you know that you're going to get him for a discounted price. And his current contract was only 761. So I personally picked Benjamin Gleason, who's a 23-year-old, um, who was one of the top scoring defensemen in the NCAA uh, last year. So a very, very um, successful defenseman. But so Gleason neither of you. Pick. Neither of you took the thought or went into like the Ben Bishop headspace. I, I was there for a while. I did. Until... Uh, I did until I looked at all the other goalies, and I just don't think yeah. that that's something that Seattle. Um, yeah, I don't is think excited you can to pay about. that much for that much of a question mark. Yeah, yeah fair enough. I, that's where um, I ended up to. So here's the question mark: Do we go with a 30 year old who's got a little bit more term, or do we go with the 23 year old uh, Elliot who's a restricted for age? And I feel like. Braden and I have made a lot of these decisions over your head. So I'm going to leave this one to you. I think we've got too many RFAs. I'd rather have the guy signed until 2023. Even if he's playing for your minor league team. Yeah. 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 Okay. You're going to need a few guys there. Yeah. Joel Hanley. Welcome to the Seattle Kraken. Detroit, the Red Wings, another team that uh, left a lot of their bigger names, let's say, because their bigger names have had, 
uh, better years behind them. They've got two 37-year-olds here, a couple more mid-30 guys, 34-year-old guys. This is a team that's obviously in a, in a real rebuild period. Um, they're also one of the only teams that exposed four goaltenders because they've got the depth there too. So let's let's uh, get through this one quickly. Braden, who do you have for Detroit? I picked Troy Stetcher at 1.7 for one more year. Troy Stetcher. Okay. Bray, uh, Elliot? Uh, I didn't need defensemen, as I said, so this is filling things out. I took Dennis Cholowski. I don't. Even, I, I I know so little about the guy. I don't even. I don't think you can take him if you can't if you can't say his name. Well, that's who I got. <laughs> uh, all right, I went in a slightly different way. I, I this this kind of cancels out the one we just made with them because I picked Alex Biega just because I thought they might want a little bit of a more sort of like small contract veteran guy. Uh, he's yep. only paid eight seven five, but he's a RFA, so that's not a great choice. He's a so UFA. He's a UFA. You have to me, you're right. You have to sign him. That's not a good pick. I shouldn't have done that. Let's go with Troy Stetcher. <laughs> that's uh, a lot to spend on the uh, defense. You know, that's a okay. I'll take. I got Troy. I got Troy Stetcher as the second pairing defenseman on this team. My oh. my defense there is way better than your defense. <laughs> <laughs> My team also can't score, I think. So there's also that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they're going to make the finals like the, the Golden Knights, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, this next one's fun. It's the Oilers, eh? Yeah. We could just so skip them. And... Let's have some fun here, boys. Uh, it's right. going to be hard, but let's do it anyway. Who do you have for the Edmonton Oilers, Braden? Okay, well, this is this is uh, this annoys me because I do not find the value that Ken Holland finds in Zach Cassian and his contract. Now, I believe that loyalty might come into factor when it comes to you know, are we going to expose somebody and then have them on our on our uh, opening day roster? There's a lot of those guys. I just do not see Seattle passing on one of the top scorers in the AHL and Tyler Benson. Tyler Benson. Okay. Uh, Elliot, who do you have? I do because I think they'd much rather have a proven NHL player in Jujar Kara. That was kind of where I leaned too, Braden. I really, I'm worried that we're going to lose our fourth line centerman, but you know who I picked guys? And I'm this okay is a weird... with that. <laughs> so you know okay with them losing Jujar. Because I was a little bit less afraid of RFAs than Elliot was. I actually think they might what take a guy, they might take a flyer on a guy like Dominic Cahoon. Because well, it's again, possible. A younger guy, and they've got opportunity. But I really think you're right, Braden. I think when you look at what the Oilers offered them, and after moving Caleb Jones, I think they really, they really sort of streamlined this for Seattle. I think, I think they are going to go with the the upside of a young guy like Tyler Benson over anything else. That's my personal belief. I just don't. I just don't think the Oilers have uh, a place for him, regardless you know, of how good he is. And they're I'm not going to throw play a flyer out there. Him. You know, the only other guy I could really see them maybe taking a chance Chris on Chris Russell. No, I don't think they're taking that contract. But if <laughs> they're looking, damn it, guys, Devin Shore, <laughs> yeah. a guy who I do not want to lose that guy. He's a UFA. He's a UFA. No, we just signed. No, him. he signed. He signed in 2023. Yeah. Seven hundred thousand dollars. Oh. It's a cheap deal, it's and a guy played well in the for fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, I actually, interestingly, Jujar was one of the few RFAs that I had picked because I was, I felt I knew enough about him to, to know his value, and I think he's going to get a raise, but I don't think it's more than two. That's why too. I was sort of thinking that. But uh, yeah, no, those are all good. Um, I see Dmitry Kulikov, the ghost of um, trade deadlines past is still on our roster which still makes me sad so. 
Well, he's a UFA. He'll be gone. Uh, so who are we going with, uh, Elliot and Braden? Uh, do we want to vote on this? Is it Tyler Benson? Well, is it Devin Schultz, I, or is it I can't see. I mean... You have a bigger contract for me to... I, I feel like as a RFA, I feel like that's a trickier one for them to make happen, Elliot. Yeah, I'm good. I yeah, I would. I I hope it's well. I don't hope it's anything actually. But I, I think don't Benson, want to see. I think Benson Benson's though. fine. I think Benson's a fine grab if you're the Kraken. Yeah. Um, particularly if you're you want someone that is going to make your minor league team better uh, and has upside for the NHL, unknown upside. They don't even have a minor league team yet, do they? Uh, yeah, they they've made a deal, I believe, with the Florida Panthers to share their team for next season. Oh, okay. whoever that is, I'm not even sure what their team is. But uh, sharing a team that doesn't seem fair. Well, they're waiting. Their team's going to come in in Palm Springs the following year. They're just waiting on their arena. <laughs> uh, okay, let's keep it moving. Uh, we've picked Tyler Benson. Let's go to the Florida Panthers. Here, I grabbed a defenseman, Radko Gudas good you know four or five that's what i was thinking 2.5 million signed through 2023 that's where i went yeah Braden. there's some there's some nice options here uh vitrano wenberg and achari i think are all undervalued what they're what they're capable of i didn't pick any of those i'm going uh with the the wind which has been recently saying that chris drieger will get selected and then signed uh so i'm gonna go with uh with chris drieger and I am hearing all the exact same things, Brian. It sounds like that's already a done deal. So I'm going to also say that we should just put Chris Drager in there. It sounds like he's the goalie that they wanted originally. They've already got a deal in place. So uh, we're going to go with Chris Drager. So that's our first uh, goalie. Okay, I just have to interrupt this really briefly because we just um, we had one of those weird news moments here. Trending on Canadian Twitter, Adam Larson. Elliot thinks the deal is done. Frank Saravelli says that at this point, the Oilers and Adam Larson are unlikely to get something done, that Larson will head to the market, and they believe that Tyson Berry is now the first option for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Thoughts? Well, I thought that they had a deal done. 3.9, four years. Lots will happen. Lots will happen until the, until uh, until it doesn't. Until then, until it doesn't. I don't know. All right. I don't think I don't think that there's any uh, anything to think more on when it comes to that. <laughs> Let's carry on, shall we? Um, hang on. Where are we here? Los Angeles Kings. You know, I know my my screen just went to like nighttime mode, so everything just changed color. (laughs) Just really threw me off. (laughs) I guess we're going too long here in this segment, so we better pick it up. Los Angeles Kings. Lots of fun here to be had. Most of their players that they exposed, younger guys, uh, because again, again, this is a team that's in a rebuild, but they're holding on tightly to you know the 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 core of of veterans that they still have, the Drew Doughties and the Who Nots and What's Nots. Who do you got, Braden, from the LA Kings? Uh, I've got Austin Wagner, yeah, productive right winger, 1.1, signed for two more years before it becomes an RFA. Elliot? I went with the defenseman Ali Mata, years working under Drew Doughty, great cornerstone defenseman for a new organization. Not cornerstone, but good, solid defenseman for a new organization. I went with Blake Lizotto or Liz Lizotte. 
because mm. uh, I was just I was salary cap uh, heavy when I was doing this. That's why I went with that. Well, what um, are we shy on? What's what? What are our numbers at right now? Well, we're at eight. We're at eight forwards, four defensemen, and a goalie. Uh, we only okay. have eight of the twenty necessary contracts for the twenty twenty two season, so that could be a bit of a, a factor soon enough. Um, let's put Austin. Let's put Austin Wagner in there right now, Elliot, just because the contract is a little bit lighter. Oh, hi, Elliot. Hi, Lowen. Hello, hi, Lowen. How are you, buddy? Lowen here. Lowen here to remind everyone that Oli Math would be a the proper choice here. Yeah. Yeah, he probably would be. Uh, d- did he win with Pittsburgh? Who are you talking Lowen, to you these guys? Look. Hi, Lowen. <laughs> nice to see you, Lowen. <laughs> Uh, hey, Lowen. How come you're not sleeping? You can't hear him. Here, listen. How come Here's you're not sleeping? Single. You should be sleeping. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. This I this mommy. Close the door. Can you say good night to them? Good night. Good night. Nice to see you. I'm sorry. Should have had him say something like uh, Eichel's a bum or something. No, the only name he did when I was doing my pick earlier, uh, I was like, who do you think we should take? Uh, and I was on, or uh, who was I on? Columbus or something. I said Max Domi. And then for the next 20 minutes, well, around the house, Domi, 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 Domi. Domi. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, you know, we were, we, there's alignment there. Totally. On Max Domi. Uh, uh, all right, so what do we do here, boys? Um, you want to pay Oli Mata three point three million dollars, Elliot? Yeah, I really like I really like him as a defenseman, but I, I, it depends what sure. our breakdown is in terms of left and right D's. But I feel yeah. like he's a good choice. All right, let's put Oli Mata in there for now, and let's see what happens. I think uh, we're going to be a little bit over the cap by the time this party's over, so then we may have to go back and make some findingles. But here's uh, Oli Mata from the LA Kings. Let's go to Minnesota. Interesting one. We Braden Braden uh, mentioned this a second ago, off air, uh, because we were finishing topic two, and I had gone through some of the free agents. But there's also some guys who are just going to be traded. Does Jack Eichel end up in Minnesota, Braden? Yes, I think so. Is, I mean, is that that's why they it, did those buyouts. That's what they want you to believe, and I think Belgarin, uh needs somebody to put with his young superstar Kaprizov, and I think Jack Eichel is going to be that guy. Minnesota is a huge hockey town, like probably the biggest. American yeah, a huge state. The entire state town. of Minnesota is is huge on hockey. Uh, who are they going to lose, Elliot? Who the Who are the Wild losing to the Kraken? You know, I really like Capo Kakabin as a uh, backup goalie for the Kraken. Okay, oh, Braden. Well, I took Carson Susie. Uh, I didn't think that we were this loaded on left D at this, uh, or at least that we would be at this point in the uh, draft. Uh, two point seven, two more years, but I really like the Capo Kakin, and I think he's the most. Uh, I think he's the best pick on this team. He's a rookie. He was one of the rookie uh, the year. Um, uh, he was in that in that conversation this year. All right, let's put Capo Kakinen in temporarily and see where we end up with goalies. Right on. Can you say Capo Kakinen? Capo Capo Kakinen. Thank you. Yes, that's that's about that's, that's about as well as I pronounce that's it. That's the guy. <laughs> Nap time. Nap time. Good idea. All right. Good night. Open the door. Yeah, you opened the door. Now go to bed. Montreal. 
Montreal Canadiens, the uh, <laughs> the well, I was going to say Western Conference <laughs> champions, um, the winners of the Clarence Campbell Bowl uh, for the first time in their history, because that usually goes to the Western Conference champions. Stanley Cup finalists, Montreal Canadiens, who are they losing, Braden, to the Seattle Kraken? I don't think anyone could ever not choose Carey Price. I know that he is 33 going on 34. He has some sort of knee problem, which is probably just, you know, Bergevin giving the media something to talk about so that Seattle gets scared and doesn't choose this guy. He is very expensive, yes, but he is the reason the Montreal Canadiens are in the Stanley Cup Finals this year. Yeah, I'm with Braden on this. I mean, what made there was lots of things that made the Golden Knights good, but one of them was Flurry and just a, an excellent goaltender. And we've seen what an excellent goaltender can do for any team. I think this is hands down easy carry price. I know that they've got a deal sorted with that other gentleman, and we sort of went on that um, that piece. But like for me, carry price is available. He signed through 2026. It's a lot of money, but Man, a flagship goalie next to uh, Mark Giordano, your captain. All of a sudden, it gets a lot harder to score goals. Well, and let's play. Let's just war game this out for a second. First off, if if Mark Bergevin is exposing him by asking Carey Price to waive his no movement clause and then trying to, I don't know, Jedi mind trick Seattle into not taking him. First off, he's playing three D chess that no one else is even. Yeah, what the hell is that? Why why is he exposed? It, well, that's my point. Why is he exposed? Because they're trying to protect Jake Allen. Well, if they're trying to protect Jake Allen, you've exposed, again, first ballot Hall of Fame goaltender here. This is insane to me. But let's just go through this for a second step. Anyone who's going to tell me, oh, the uh, Carey Price is a bit risky, you know, because he has a knee injury potentially, and it's a huge contract. Are you drunk? Carey Price just carried Montreal to the Stanley Cup Finals. Number two, if he has a serious knee injury, let's say he has surgery, guess what? It's called LTR, and that $10.5 million comes off your cap. And all of a sudden, as a brand new team, you have this guy waiting in the wings, just like Kevin Durant when he went to Brooklyn and didn't play for a full season. You have that guy available to you. (laughs) Or he comes back exactly when you need him. You're totally right. And then the second piece of it is, let's say that you don't have a plan for that $10.5 million. You have one of the most valuable assets in the entire NHL that you can dangle in front of anyone. And you go get a star forward or you go get a star defenseman. Or- Grant, did he waves that? No, that he's got to, he's got to wave that. Sure. Again. A hundred percent. You're absolutely right that there's a, there's some factors there, but I don't know how the Seattle Kraken don't take a gamble on it when that thing and call no, Bergevin's bluff. No, no, no. You don't think that's going to happen, Lowen? I mean, Lowen, I think uh, Jonathan Drouin also, Lowen is is a great pick here and could be one as well. You got to take the, you got to take the gamble on uh, Gary Price. And I'm hearing that they, you know, they'll, they'll trade them to Seattle and then Seattle somehow take 50% and trade them back. I'm hearing the NHL will not let that happen. That will not be, that will not be accepted if that trade goes through. So this is, yeah, I think Bergerman is going to have to, uh, uh, explain to the mass public in Montreal and beyond why uh, why this happened. Yeah, bizarre. And I think, again, if Seattle doesn't, they get the same kind of treatment. Ron Francis is going to be just – people are going to be so confused because I think, uh, no, this it's it's a gift right there, a gift wrapped and left on, uh, left on the doorstep of Climate Pledge Arena. Let's go to the Nashville Predators. Here's some two big juicy contracts at the top – hefty hefty paychecks 
Um, what do you think, Braden? Is Matt Duchesne? I went with, I went with uh, no, I didn't go with Matt Duchesne. I think his productivity has fallen away a little bit. Uh, arguably, the same could be said of Ryan Johansson, but I think that that will be their uh, main centerman uh, that they go after, the top top line centerman, Seattle Kraken, Ryan Johansson. Eight years, Elliot? he's at a lesser contract. 2025, it goes up. That's true. That's true. Elliot? Uh, yeah, this is a salary save for me. So I went with Rem Pitlick, who I think has a bright future in the NHL. Um, and uh, Sorry, who? Yeah, Rem Pitlick, of course. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well known. Uh, Is he any relation to Tyler Pitlick? Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about this player. Again, this is a salary move for me. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Ryan Johansson. I think a lot of the consensus has been that Matt Duchesne is the is like the easy pick here. But again, I'm gonna ask the same question I asked about Ty, uh, Ty Domi, about Max Domi. It's like if if he's such a great player, why is he bobbing around? Why can he not find a fit anywhere? Why are teams using him as cannon fodder? Matt Duchesne has struggled everywhere he's been. He didn't have a great tenure in Colorado, although he definitely had oh, like was, sparks of yeah, skill there. Good in Colorado. But it, then he was shipped off to Ottawa, and it didn't work out well in Ottawa. Now he's in Nashville. You have to just ask yourself at some point, a 30-year-old guy at $8 million, is he worth the risk of maybe it just doesn't work out? Ryan Johansson, there's definitely some question marks around, but for $8 million, he's your starting centerman. That's a guy who can win faceoffs for you and yep. is a good, proven leader who worked so hard the year Nashville got them to the final got them to the finals, wasn't able to finish the finals because of injury. Yeah, but that's like three or four years removed. I mean, I think you're taking either one of those contracts and all you're doing is doing your opponent a favor by taking one of them off them. I, I, I don't know. I don't agree, but 2v1, I guess I lose out. I think the biggest factor here, Ryan Johansson is a right shot centerman. I think that is the hardest position to find a right shot in the league right now. He's also a North a Pacific Northwest kid. He's a Vancouver kid. So I think that there's also some value for Seattle thinking that, you know, maybe he gets a new situation out of Nashville and Nashville's in a rebuild. Let's not kid ourselves that, you know, that, that he might have an opportunity, but it's uh, that, that's it. This one's, I think this is definitely going to be one of the ones I'm most intrigued by to see what Seattle does do. Yeah. Cause Cal Yarncroft would be a really great pick too, if they were looking for some value there. Yeah, or even they go off the board and they they go and take a defenseman from them too, like a Matt Benning or a you know like one of these guys who's sort of a middle of the even Mark Bar, uh, what is it Barawicki or whatever. He had, I mean, these are guys who you could use on an NHL roster right now, depending on what the other pieces you have are. But let's yeah. leave it at uh, Ryan. Johansson I think you. I think you guys. We are may have to come back. Picklet. You guys are sleeping on. <laughs> <Rand Picklet. laughs> I think everyone's been sleeping on Rem Picklet. I'll have to keep my eye out next year. What is a Rem Picklet? Okay, let's go to to New Jersey. No offense to his family and loved ones. Um, The New Jersey Devils. We're almost there, boys. I I went with Will Butcher here. He is expensive, though. So uh, I'm I'm open for for, uh, for a debate. No, I, I think I, if there's I have any debate, it's we could spend more money and pick PK Subanis, which I picked. Um, Uniting Brothers, you know, in my mind, we have um, you picked Ed PK Subban? Subban and uh, and Malcolm Subban. Could be this. Uh, what line do you see him playing on? I, you know, what I see is this 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 <laughs> return together of Subban and Carey Price, which is what I really uh, alongside at, Malcolm Subban at like nine mil. At nine mil, I think that that's it's that's only one more year. It's only one more year. 
you got you got a for a flashy you want you got a flashy player who commands interest in PK Subban coming to a new market. It's going to engage the fan base. Um, I think alongside the likes of Giordano, obviously there's the story of him playing with his brother, reuniting with Carey Price. I don't think it's as as much of a toss away as uh, it might Do first it for the stories. Exactly. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be spending so much money here if we're yeah. taking PK Subban at nine. That might be the worst contract left in the NHL now that Ryan Suter and what's his name have been bought out. Honestly, Elliot, go look at PK Subban statistics. He is making so much money, and all he gets to do is sit on the panel every. But he plays on a bad team. Game. He plays on a bad team, and also it's one more year. It's not. It's 2022. Like it's not like we're not. It's not like you're. <laughs> I know oh, you're I, right. I'll tell you. Seattle James should only Neal think about like winning this year. You're right. Well, they, they could resign him for less. The they could resign him for less. They could resign him for less, or Ugh. they could trade him off at the deadline to a team. I just think Will Butcher is a better player, but that we're pretty stacked at lefty. So if you look, I'm going to tell where you, where are we going to come up with the take. money? I'm going to tell you who they're going to take, and it's who I picked, and it's Nick Merkley. Mm-hmm. Nick Merkley uh, is one of the biggest upsides in the league when it comes to the this level of uh 24 year old rfa now yes elliot doesn't like the rfas but again you're getting a small contract now i had to bury some salary and i have a feeling we're going to come back to this one um i don't know do you want to flip a coin i feel like i can't that attitude nick merkley didn't this guy get disciplined by the team he was on for some for some uh locker room shenanigans yeah i think Uh, he missed practice all right i'm gonna i'm gonna pass on PK Subban Elliott because I think we're going to be over the salary cap before we get to like the Pittsburgh Penguins if I do that. So well, you guys go. haven't even paid half the team yet, but that's you know my other gripe with this situation. We just... All right. <laughs> let's go with uh, let let's let's go with Will Butcher for now, and we're going to come back to them because I think this is a team we're well, going to have to make a different choice on. Yeah, I think right, we're stacked at lefty there. Let's go to the New York Islanders. <clears throat> this is a team that went very heavy exposing forwards. Who do you have? I took Josh Bailey. I think, you know, he signed through 2024. Opportunity to be one of those players that sticks around for a long time. A really important name and piece. Ready to take a step. Played on a good team this year. Uh, It's a lot of money, but I don't mind Josh Bailey in this place. Uh, I like like Josh Bailey, too. Um, I like... um, I also really like Kiefer Bellows. I went with Bellows because I was looking for a, a cheaper contract, one that I haven't paid yet. And he is young and he came in, I think when Josh Bailey was injured this year and he, and he was turning heads. So uh, that was, uh, that name popped out for me. Yeah. I also took uh, Kiefer Bellows um, uh, because I liked the, the size of the contract and he's a 23 year old. So I think there's a lot of upside there. Let's go with Kiefer Bellows. Cause we're going to need some salary to spend later. Let's go to the New York Rangers. Who do you have, Elliot? You're gonna need you're gonna need some salary later to pay Kiefer Bellows. But anyway, from the New York Rangers, I took a Brandon Crawley, uh, lefty, seven hundred thousand RFA this year. One of my few RFA picks. Uh, like the player long term. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, well, I'm I'm going with the uh, 28 year old Colin Blackwell, who's only being paid seven twenty five for the next year. You don't have to pay him this year. Uh, he's already signed. He's uh, he's a projected fourth line guy, but he was playing on the second line in New York. Uh, so, or uh, yeah, so that's who I'm going with. All right, uh, I went with uh, who did I go with? Uh, who did I go with? Oh, Julian Gauthier. I went with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
again, 23 year old. Um, and I just liked the, uh, both the cap savings. He's a, he's an RFA next year. So you get him for the extra year plus you retain his rights. So I think that there's some upside and value in that. Um, but that's I don't hate that move. where I am. Yep. Do you want to go with, I don't you hate go that with move. Julian yeah. Gauthier? Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right. I think the interesting thing when you look at this one, like New York has not had to expose any of their core pieces because they just don't have very many. Um, yeah, yeah. And they're young. No, New, York is, New York is not a good team. All right, let's go to another uh, not such a great team this last season. That was the Ottawa Senators. They're definitely looking to rebound. So who are they losing to Seattle? Well, there were some really bad options here. So uh, after I looked at Chris Tierney, I realized that they had a plethora of goaltenders because they just kept bringing them in last year. So I went with Joey Decord. Uh, who's under contract for another two years, only 24 years old. He can bounce back and forth from the minors. Uh, that was my guy. Yeah, that, that is who I also went with. But who did you pick, Elliot, so that we have someone other than a goalie seeing as we've already got three? I took Clark Bishop, but again, that was the salary thing. Okay, well, let's put uh, let's put Clark Bishop in for now and see where we end up here. We may need to make a, a couple goalie changes. Let's go to the Philadelphia Flyers. Philadelphia, Braden. Okay, well, um, I this was where I felt like uh, there should be a little money spent. I went with James Van Riemsdyk. I wasn't sold on this uh, pick, though, when I look at the other left-wingers. Um, but I went with James Van Riemsdyk. Seven years, two more years left. Um, seven million, you mean? Seven, yeah, seven million. Uh, Elliot Herman Rubstov, nice centerman. What a great <laughs> what? name! What German <laughs> Rubstov could be Herman. I went with Herman, doesn't matter. I think it's German Rubstov. Rubstov, <laughs> I like it. I like it. German Rubstov, okay. Rubstov. I went I with James Rubstav. Van Rien, but Zdijk, seven million dollars. Uh, he's gonna be the starting left winger. The Seattle Kraken. Let's move on. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Brandon. Brandon Tanov. Brandon Tanov. Really like his contract. Really like his what he brings to the team. Uh, lots of success playing with good players. Three and a half million. It's, I think that's a value bet um, for me. Easy to buy out later on. Yep. I also went with Brandon Tanev. This is the guy that I wish Zach Cassian was today. Um, he's a he's a bullet on the ice. He wreaks havoc and he scores goals. So I think Seattle will be really excited to get a guy like this on their team. Lots of In my team originally, I had Jason Zucker just because I had a lot. I did not have uh, as many heavy contracts as you guys had at uh, different places. So I had a little bit of room for him, but I am happy to go with Brennan Tanev. I think that's a smarter, they a cost savings and they get the longer contract out of them. So I think that that's one of those guys they can just bank on being there. Let's go to the San Jose Sharks. Braden. Uh, Donato was uh, definitely a guy I was looking at, but you'd have to pay him. So I went with Matt, D- Matt Nieto, uh, left nice. wing. Yep. He's LA under contract for a few years. Not a bad one. I took Jacob Middleton. Just more defense, the better opportunities for deals later on. 
Yeah, and I think I went. I'm just double checking here because I've got two things open. I do. I went with Jacob Middleton too. I did. Yeah, because I also wanted some defense, and I thought that it was valuable to just have a. At some point, you're gonna have to take some younger. Guys, well, that's so. the Vegas model, right? Vegas loaded up on defense and then traded right. them off. And I and I'm gonna tell you right now that's Ron Francis's mo as an executive yeah. as well. Yeah. What's our What's our depth person. at left wing right now? I have no idea. All I can see is forwards, <laughs> defense, goalies, the minimum numbers of things I need. That's all I'm looking at. I don't really care right now who's playing on what position. They can sort Very that out well. after. Let's go to the St. Louis Blues. Is this an easy one? Is this an obvious I'm one? taking Tarasenko. Yeah. I don't see how they pass on this. Elliot? Yeah, I didn't. I went with Kyle Clifford because I think it's a better value deal. But, I, I mean, if you had the cap space and that's where you wanted to go, then Tarasenko's not a bad Bad place I'm sorry. To so be. just to clarify, when you say it's a better value deal, what you're suggesting is that Kyle Clifford is saving you a little bit of money because what he's the same quality of player as Tarasenko? No, I just mean in terms of saving cap space, and he he does he does. I think Tarasenko is a gamble. Yeah, I think, well, get, yeah, I, think sure. I think you know what for you're sure. getting, Kyle Clifford. I think Tarasenko has a higher ceiling, <clears throat> um, but a much lower flow floor when you're talking about a 7.5 million dollar cap hit all right uh i'm gonna go with tarasenko all right i think you just don't again a little bit like carrie price i just don't think you can look off that valuable a player hey it's the type of player that you bring into a new market and can be really That's exciting right. so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm i i don't have apparently it. though I'm, he's so fragile that if he gets hit once he might just fall apart we'll see <laughs> uh tampa bay Stanley cup champion tampa bay lightning who you got Braden? Uh, lots of really, really great uh, options here, but they're all too expensive for me. So I went with the young stud Cal Foot. He's going to be a really good hockey player, and uh, and Tampa left him uh, open here. Elliot, I mean, pe- people have been saying that about Cal Foot for a long time. I mean, I believe it, but I just after the playoffs that we just had, I just don't think you can and not take Yanni Gord in this space. This is where I was willing to spend money on Tampa Bay. They're all good and they're all champions. Yanni Gord is the pick for me. Okay. Well, I also really like Yanni Gord. Here's my problem. We, if I take Yanni Gord, we are now sitting at $80.9 million. So taking Yanni Gord is not going to be economically feasible in our current structured plan. Well, the structured plan where we started in alphabetical order and picked teams that way. Yeah, 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 exactly. So let's start with Yanni Gord on our board, and then we'll see what we need to strip away after. All right, Toronto Maple Leafs. We're almost there. Who you got? Uh, Wayne Simmons. He's on a value deal for the next three years. He was signed to be taken, and I know it probably helps the Toronto Maple Leaf, but I don't see a lot else there. Uh, I like Wayne Simmons on a new team. I like what he brings, and he's cheap. 900000 okay. after this year. Braden? Uh, well, I went with Alexander Kerfoot. I think he's the best available player uh, of this team. He just, he, he's not as economically friendly. 3.5, it's reasonable, but he's going to probably be your third line center. Uh, and that might just be, just be outside. Uh, if I wasn't to take him, Travis Dermott, who Toronto just uh, re-signed. Also, I think a uh, really, really good young defenseman, valuable uh, values like eight seven four yeah and that's who i went with too i think that that's just going to be the the contract there is just too enticing you get an extra two years out of him he's an rfa 24 years old travis dermott has great upside as a defenseman and i just don't think uh the other guys for 
the Toronto Maple Leafs are 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 good enough considering the size of what their contracts are. Just I, I just sort I'm of fine with it. the table teams. Let's go yeah, with uh, Dermot. With Vancouver Canucks three away here, and then we got to do some tinkering. Vancouver Canucks, who you got, Elliot? Jake Vertanen, value deal at two point five for the next year or two years. Twenty four years old, and he's an RFA, so he has to stick with you. Uh, now, presuming he's not in jail. jail. Yeah. Also presuming right. he's not in jail. All right, Braden. I also went with Jake Vertanen. I think Seattle wants to take somebody from their rival, Vancouver Canucks, and this is the guy that they're <laughs> going to take. And I think, wow. and I think Vancouver will be very eager to send Jake Vertanen uh, south of the border. Yeah, I don't. I just don't see that happening. And I'll tell you why. I don't think Seattle and the market they're in is going to want that kind of attention on their very first day in business. I really don't. It's the same reason I don't think they're going to take Tony D'Angelo out of New York. Yeah. He might be their best yeah. defenseman. I just think they're going to avoid that kind of controversy. Uh, all right. So we're going to go with Jake Vertanen because that's what the consensus is. And we can always go back on it later. I feel like that might be one where we have an easy cut point. I'm just, I was saying a second ago, I think the player they're going to choose, I think this is a team that they're going to go with an RFA on. I think Cole Lind, who's been scouted really, really well here in Vancouver. And a lot of guys yeah. are really high on, he's a 22 year old, but he's apparently very, very um enticing he might be one of the kind of younger guys they 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 take out of vancouver to fill up their roster we'll see all right let's go to washington here we got two more before the hacksaw comes out washington capitals who do you got well mindful of the hacksaw i went with connor sheary he's uh cheap very cheap and very productive elliot yeah i'll take connor sheary i mean i have justin schultz in my team but i think thinking about where we're at as a team right now we probably we need to not take Dustin Schultz <laughs> at a $4 million cap hit the next year. So let's go with Connor Sherry. I think that's a good bet. I had Brandon Dillon uh, on defense. Brandon, so yeah. I guess I had, I yeah, had he's a good Brandon one. Dillon. Yeah, so I had a He'd little bit more too. Yep. But yep. let's go with um, Connor Sherry for the purposes of saving some money. And it fulfills Elliott's criteria if he's signed through. So we're, we're good on the – 2022 contracts we have 23 of them of the necessary 20 we have three goaltenders we have 18 of 14 forwards we have eight of nine defensemen so the winnipeg jets need to give us a defenseman who you got Braden? well if mason appleton can play defense then that's the guy i do think mason appleton is a yeah. <laughs> is a guy that the uh, seattle will look very very highly at if not i think uh it would be either uh dylan DeMello or uh, tucker pullman yeah, yeah I although Tucker Pullman's a UFA, but yeah. yeah, I had I had Dylan DeMello. Uh, I like the contract. I like the length. I like what he brings. I think it's that's exactly the type of defenseman you want to be bringing into this type of organization. Yeah, and we're we gonna go one. with uh, Mason Appleton, uh, and I'm gonna <laughs> tell you I'm gonna tell you why because we're gonna need to find another defenseman somewhere else because it ain't gonna be from those size of contracts. We are at eighty six million dollars, so that okay. is five. And a bit over so let's half. loop back to that pk Subban guy <laughs> yeah exactly let's go take a look here at our at our team now and i'm what i'm going to do the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go look at some of the biggest contracts and decide where we can cut a little bit of savings here to make some sense here's uh one of the first and maybe easiest ones i'm going to go back and we just talked about it i'm going to take jake Pertanen away because i don't have the money for it uh, we're going to remove Jake for Tannen and we're going to go with Cole Lind just because sometimes you got to 
sacrifice some talent for some low. That saves us a million bucks. Uh, where's the other big ones here? I mean, Will Butcher's 3.7. That's not too bad. Uh, it's really in the in the forwards that we're getting heavy loaded here. Yanni Gord, James Van Riemsdyk, Vladimir Tarasenko, Ryan Johansson. I don't know. Do we? How do we feel about I hate, this? I hate. I hate the Johansson pick. I think it's eight million dollars wasted. So what? So what? It was your pick from Nashville. Oh yeah, Rem Pitlick. Well, that would save you money. <laughs> yeah, and you just don't need you don't need Ryan Johansson for that long. Like, so who's your? Especially ser- if you've got Tarasenko. Who? Yeah. Okay, but Tarasenko is not going to play your center line. Is that Domi? Okay, I've solved uh, it. I've already solved it, boys. It's much easier. You don't take Ryan Johansson. You take Matt Benning. You take Matt Benning and you sit at $77.3 million. You've got money to spend on your RFAs and you have an amazing hockey team. How many, how many RFAs do we have? How many RFAs do we have, Jordan? Coming into 20, to this offseason, you have one, two, three, four, five forwards and one defenseman. You have so you're going to sign six RFAs. players with $6 million in cap. Yeah. yeah. And here's why. Here's why. Here's the thing. That, here's the key piece of this. Four of those guys, Elliot, are considered minor league contracts. They're going to be on two-way deals. They're not going to affect your cap. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm starting to believe. Now, what, the what only the other piece two? of this puzzle, well, the, the only big piece of this puzzle that is unresolved, currently you have $9.4 million in cap space with none of those guys signed. The other big piece here is we took Chris Drager or Dredger out of uh, Florida, assuming he was being signed. He's a UFA. I think that this Chris Dredger thing might have been a pre carry Price pipe dream. Yeah. So let's say Carey Price is the goalie, then you're not going to take this guy from Florida as well. Am I wrong? No. And then you take Malcolm, Malcolm Subban as your third goalie to play with his brother, and then you've got some space to play around with that space. But and then that. who do you take from Florida instead? Uh, Racco Gudis. Radko Gudis. You just went with the <laughs> smallest contract for the longest period of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Radko Gudis. Listen, I'm telling you, my defense, my team, uh, they've got a very strong defensive core, okay? I believe and Rad is, 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 All right. is a fundamental piece. Well, here's the thing. The team works right now, and that's the team we're going to go with. All right, let's just quickly recap this. From the St. Louis Blues, Vladimir Tarasenko. From the Philadelphia Flyers, James Van Riemsdyk. From the Columbus Blue Jackets, Max Domi. From the Tampa Bay Lightning, Yanni Gord. From the Colorado Avalanche, Giannis Donskoy. From the Pittsburgh Penguins, Brandon Tanev. From the Buffalo Sabres, Cody Eakin. From the Anaheim Ducks, Sonny Milano. From the Washington Capitals, Connor Sheary. From the Arizona Coyotes, Christian Fisher. From the Winnipeg Jets, Mason Appleton. From the Ottawa Senators, Clark Bishop. From the New York Rangers, Julian uh, Gauthier. From the Buffalo, pardon me, from the Boston Bruins, Nick Ritchie. From the Edmonton Oilers, Tyler Benson. From the New York Islanders, Kiefer Bellows. From the uh, call or, or from the Chicago Blackhawks. From the Chicago Blackhawks, we have Adam Gaudet, and from the Vancouver Canucks, Cole Lind. Those are our forwards. Moving to defense, from the Calgary Flames, Mark Giordano. From the New Jersey Devils, Will Butcher. From the LA Kings, Olimata. From the Detroit 
Red Wings, Troy Stetcher. From the Toronto Maple Leafs, Travis Dermott. From the Nashville Predators, Matt Benning. From the Dallas Stars, Joel Henley. From the, the I almost said the Sharks of San Jose, the San Jose Sharks, Jacob Middleton. From the Carolina Hurricanes, Jake Bean. And then our goaltenders, from the Florida Panthers, Chris Dredger. From the Minnesota Wild, Capo uh, Kakonen, and from the Montreal Canadien, Carey Price. $77.3 million spent of the 81.5 cap. We've got $10 million to play with in the offseason. 23 contracts signed, three goalies, nine defensemen, 18 forwards. Do you like it? Yeah, we like it, boys? No. You don't like it. How about Elliot? Are we satisfied? Are we satisfied? Yeah, I, yeah I'm with Lowen. I, I think yeah, there's I some more work to be done. I do too, and I think Seattle needs. Uh, Seattle's got a, a heck of a time ahead of them. I think if Lowen had run the process, we would have come with a much better team. All right. Well, we did what we could to tie it all up. We are going <laughs> to post this on our Instagram. You can take a look at it tomorrow. Give us lots of feedback on whether or not we are right, and we will know Wednesday. We will see what Ron Francis does. God help him. Hopefully he does a better job than us, but he has to do it in the real world with real money. Uh, this was Hatcher. Hatrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler-Coltman and Braden Dyler-Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. doesn't matter if nobody listened to this one. It's still good to have it out there. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many Indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.